I've been talking about the word deconstructing. I've brought you a number of examples. We've had lesson one, two, and three. And tonight is number four. During this past several weeks, we've looked at the deconstructing, not only in terms of a theological point of view, but the actual deconstructing of faith and from faith that some very high profile leaders have been doing where they have either left the faith or just completely committed a sort of, I'll, I'll, I'll call it a spiritual suicide and, and, and I don't mean to play with words. Uh, in fact, last week I mentioned to you somebody uh, a, a, a pastor in a mega church from California who just in the last 10 days committed suicide. We talked about that last week. All of the messages, by the way, have been caught up for the past four weeks and they're all up and available now on our website and over the internet. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the idea of nothing else. Say it. Nothing else. Say it again. Nothing else. If that is at the foundation of how you think and how you live and the commitments that you make, you will have a vibrant, passionate walk with Jesus. Nothing else. Jeff, let's look at it together. Uh, we're going to turn to Luke's Gospel. Join me if you can. If you have your Bible, if you have your device, go ahead and turn with me. I think there's something great about doing that. I have uh, mine here, and I have the passage up before me. Jeff's going to put it on the screen for those of you that forgot your Bible. Because I, I know that's all it was, you forgot your Bible. And uh, praise the Lord, we, we want to help those that forgot their Bible. And um, amen. Luke, and what chapter is this, Jeff? What's it say? 10? Luke 10. We're going to begin reading in verse 38. And Jesus and his disciples were on their way, excuse me, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Everybody say it out loud. Mary sat. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Everybody say, uh-oh. Aren't you glad the Bible is just real with things like this? Doesn't avoid them or skirt around them. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, Jesus answered, you are worried and you're upset about many things. 
but few things are needed. Everybody say that. But few things are needed. Please again. But few things are needed. There are many things that distract us, preoccupy us, get our attention, we're consumed, we're overwhelmed, we apply importance to them, we give them credence, we spend money on them, we tell others about them, they run our life, but only a few things are needed. Or, indeed, only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What did Mary do? Mary sat. Say it. Mary sat. Say it again. Mary sat. Now, evidently, that is one of the few things. No, only one that's really necessary. And she chose, Jesus said, what was better. Compared to what Martha chose, Mary chose something that was better. The Lord did not love Mary more than Martha. The Lord didn't want to be closer to Mary than Martha. Martha made a choice. Mary made a choice. And Jesus called one of them, say it aloud, even louder. <laughs> Linda, I know you can get loud. Come on. Amen. Who are you trying to please? And are you trying to please God? Is he displeased? Is God displeased with you? So why do we try to please him? Whose approval are you trying to get? Martha was trying to get somebody's approval, ultimately the Lord's. She was trying to please him, and she was trying to get his approval. She thought, ultimately, if I take care of all of this business, and I put on a great dinner, and I be sure that everybody is satisfied, and they've got the food and the drink that they need, and everything looks great, and everything's been dusted, and the carpets are clean, and everybody has a good time, well, the Lord's going to be pleased with me, and I am going to be worthy of his blessing. Uh-oh. Do you do things... To get the Lord's blessing, his approval, so that he will bless you? With Martha, it wasn't that Jesus was distant or reluctant. He was right there, wasn't he? He wasn't distant. He wasn't reluctant. But somehow, her choice made the difference in her experience. It had nothing to do with God's will to bless, had nothing to do with Jesus' love for her, or his desire to be close to her. 
and cause her life to be everything she could dream of. She made a choice and those choices distracted her. I looked up this word distraction and it very simply means having one's thoughts or attention drawn away unable to concentrate or give attention to. But listen to this. Here is a second meaning of the word distraction. Harassed, confused, or deranged, especially by strong feelings. Have you felt harassed, confused, or overwhelmed with feelings to the point where you've been distracted by the one thing that Jesus really wants with you? And he makes it clear. There was no difference in the heart of Jesus as far as he was concerned between Mary and Martha. His love for them equally. His desire to be close to them equally. That God's blessing would come on them equally. But something that Martha chose Mary chose presence over performance. Mary chose to listen at his feet rather than to labor to meet expectations. Mary chose proximity over posture and praise. Mary chose presence over performance. How about you? Who are you trying to please? Who told you God was displeased? Whose approval are you trying to gain? Who told you you were unworthy? Well, I just feel like the Lord's distant. Who told you that? My prayers, they just bounce off the ceiling. They, they don't seem to get through. Definitely a feeling definitely a spiritual issue in reality but not on God's part not because he is keeping you at a distant distance not choosing to not bless you or holding you out to see and extract from you better performance better labeled labor to meet his expectations or is he interested? Does he? He has, let me say it this way, God has zero in interest in my posture or my praise. So when you're involved in something for the purpose of posture or the praise of man, it's going to be a distraction. Mary just sat down at his feet and listened and didn't care what anybody said. I wonder if any of you have had to make a choice this past week or this past month based on what people were thinking and you had to tell yourself, you know what? I don't care about posture here or praise. I'm going to sit at his feet. Why are you here? Why are you here? Brady's have settled that. 
and they're walking in more peace, greater freedom, and I would say probably a sense of presence, you know, because something's been lifted. How about you? Why are you here? I mean tonight, why did you come? Let me enlarge this a little bit. Why are you a Christian? Ever thought about it? Well, I don't want to go to hell. See there? I don't want to go to hell. Really. And that for countless hundreds, maybe millions of Christians, people who claim Christian faith, becomes the foundation of their relationship with God. It's driven by fear and performance and trying to please and a sense of unworthiness. And if I don't meet up, if I don't measure up, I'm not going to have his presence. He's not going to bless me financially. He's not going, I'm going to experience a curse in my life. Why are you here? Why are you a Christian? Why do you follow Christ? Are you here for a blessing? I used to go through the Christian news articles and listings and marketing to find out what meeting was going to be in town that I could get to so that I could go get, say it, a blessing. Let me ask you something about that whole idea that I've got to get a blessing. I'm, I'm going to get a blessing. I'm going to go to this meeting and get a blessing. All right? I'm coming to church tonight. Boy, I sure hope God blesses me. I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you something about that. If healing, let's just take one area. It's big on people's minds. It's a huge need we have. It's certainly an area where we uh, feel blessed when we experience healing. A lot of people ask and request prayers for healing and that the blessing of healing would come. Let me ask you something. If healing is the result of positioning yourself, if healing is the result of having the right amount of fill in the blank, faith, word, yeah. what? Title. I sowed, I gave, I sowed a blessing and I'm believing for a return. You know, that whole thing. If healing is a result of positioning myself or having the right amount of blank, then how is it that Jesus healed unbelievers and sinners before he ever went to the cross? and died. People who didn't love him, people who weren't following him, people who had never been to a church service in the New Testament church. And Jesus opened their eyes, he healed the lame, he cast out spirits, 
It seems to me that God, who was Jesus, wouldn't have been able to do that if doing that, if giving you that, giving these people that, was dependent upon them and their performance and their posture and their labor Oh, well, when Jesus did it for them, he did it out of his grace and he did it to demonstrate his power so that they would come to believe on him. Okay, well, so let's follow the logic now. So now that you do believe on him, and now that you've made this in life commitment to follow the Lord and you've laid everything down, all right, for me... I, at 14 years of age, got saved at 10, did drugs for four years and, and, and all kinds of things and wandered from the Lord. And at 14, I gave my heart back to Christ. And one of the first things I did, I got a haircut because my hair was really long. I got rid of my pot pipes because I had pot pipes sewn into the lining of my, my coats. So I had to get rid of my pot pipes. And then... I had a collection of rock and roll records. I was just with a few of my old neighborhood friends. I mean from like 40, 50 years ago, right? And, and one of them said out loud, he said, ah, Jeff, Jeff had a record collection like nobody. Everybody in the neighborhood knew Jeff had all the rock records. Had all the, he had a collection. None of us had a collection like Jeff had. Jeff, because of his commitment, his passion for Jesus, took every one of those albums, took them out of their cover, got a great big old metal waste can, and broke each one over the edge of the waste can. I didn't just like throw them away. I had to break them. You know why? Because that was the devil's music. And you're right, Linda. I didn't want anybody else listening to that trash, that demonic music, and being influenced by it. So I had to break it. And now, I spend good money trying to rebuild my playlist. <laughs> Spotify, iTunes, downloading stuff from, you know, that I used to own. I had it all. What happened? Okay, so now that I am saved and I am committed, God changes because where to get me in, he did it by grace he did it to prove that he was loving and all of those kind of things and it was merciful. But now that I'm in, it changes. Now I have to earn it. I have to be worthy of it. I have to perform and labor for it or else I'm going to lose my healing. I'm going to lose my blessing. I am using the language that is used by so many individuals who claim to be Christians today and write books. It's amazing. Are we just, number two, are you here for a blessing? Number two, are you just going through the motions? Because, of course, this is the weekend. We do church on Saturday night now, so I'm going to be at church. And number three, personal agenda. See, there could be something 
you know, if I could get a little bit closer to the pastor, or if I could get to know Nina a little bit better, you know, maybe I could, and, you know, I, I've seen how they let certain people teach and speak and do announcements, and they seem to be closer to them. I wonder if maybe I could get in there with, you know, Matt is his son-in-law. I wonder if I could get a lunch with Matt. Now, there may be a good reason for you to have lunch with Matt, take him out, buy it, and talk to him about being on the music team. But see, this has to do with agenda. It has to do with an attitude. It has to do with a, a foundation of thought that says, if I perform, if I can get God to watch, if I can get God... If I can prove I'm worthy enough, then God will bless. In other words, we, we make formulas out of things, okay? X equal, you know, X plus Y equals Z. And, and so if I do X and I add it to Y, well, then I'll get Z, and God will give me Z because I've been faithful to do X and Y, really. Nothing else. Nothing else. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm here for the blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. Excuse me. Oh, I'm not here for the blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. More than anything that you can do, I just want you. I'm sorry when I've gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open my heart to you. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for the blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. And more than anything that you can do, I just want to be with you. This past week, it was reported in two very large Christian newspapers, magazines, that one of the largest ministries in the world, mega, mega ministry, known for preaching the prosperity gospel has disavowed it. Yeah, it was big. Now, 
I was particularly interested for this reason. You can disavow something like that and keep on with all of the same foundational stuff of transactional Christianity, which we've talked about in this series. Because that stuff gets ingrained in you, so you can adjust in one area. And my, my prayer is that there'll be adjustments throughout and that, that the voice of this will spread. But my question to you tonight is why are you here? And why are you a Christian? And is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? Is our success in God, is our closeness to the Lord, is our check, exciting church, passionate church, great church, check it off if we're seeing miracles, if we're seeing people fall down, prayer time if we're seeing you know all, all of that you know what why are you here why are you a Christian and is it possible that God in our deconstructing is calling us to nothing more